1: Hello, this is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. If you missed previous broadcast, we are on podcast. You can go to our website, SOGMI.org. So in those previous broadcast, God uprooted bitter roots. The Lord had me prophesied a few years ago that the charts will be forced to confront her ghost and that's part of it that's a big one in today's broadcast we are going to build and to plant also in accordance to jeremiah 110 this segment is about business school god's ways of doing things in accordance to matthew chapter 6 verse 33 the bible Jesus Christ laid out the foundation, His foundation on the economic principles of His kingdom and He expects and He commands us to follow and apply them, God's ways of doing things here on earth. So me and the team have been teaching business school in other parts of the world and in Philippines alone, We trained some of the poorest among them, young people. Now, there are about 200 of them that received the word, applied the economic principles in the kingdom of God, his ways of doing things, that are now financing the gospel because they are now millionaires and some are on their way. To becoming one this is one of the harvest that god will manifest this year is starting this year while god is dealing with the world at the same time he is blessing his people the transfer of wealth influence and affluence will manifest in the body of christ to those that are ready those that are willing and obedient and those who believe and are applying his ways of doing things here on earth. Matthew 6:33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or his ways of doing things, and all this, I mean material things, shall be added to you as well. So we will obey what Jesus laid upon us concerning finances in dealing with businesses, the economic principles all that he commands. In Luke chapter 16 verse 8, this is about the parable of the shrewd manager. If we go down to Luke chapter 16 verse 8, it says, "The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light." What was Jesus saying to us about this parable? Was he saying that the unbelievers are smarter than us? No, we have the mind of Christ. What Jesus is saying is that the people of the world are more effective and more faithful in applying their system or the world's way of doing things in their business dealing than the children of God or the children of light applying God's ways of doing things here on earth. We have to do something about that. The purpose of the business school is to correct that. A lot of times, many times. Even now, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to really teach us, if we don't have a teachable heart, many Christians, whether you're a minister or whether you're in the business or in the corporate arena, what we do is we take some of the principles of the world, change the label on it and put a cross in it, we spiritualize it, and and then we wonder why the transfer of wealth is not manifesting in our own life. Jesus warned us about the contamination, about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So let us focus on Jesus and his teachings, shall we? What you're going to hear today is a segment taught by Robert McGee in one of our business schools, held last February. Robert shared his wisdom, insights, his experience, even his mistakes. He shared his his knowledge and gave our young people some pointers here at Freedom Fellowship Church. He is one of our ministers in the marketplace, and we are planning and praying to hold a business school here in San Antonio And we will offer it free to our young people, especially those in the black and Hispanic community who do not have godly mentors or grew up without a father or a godly parents at home. And we will teach them and offer it to them for free. Robert McGee is a businessman, a rancher and a builder. He has many things to share to all of you, especially to the young people. We all need mentors, godly mentors, because if we learn from these godly men and women of God, it will give us a good start in life. It will give us a new beginning. It propels us to our place, our rightful place in the kingdom of God. It is never too late for you. Okay, I want you to listen. I am talking to you. Today, you will hear from a businessman, Robert McGee, a godly man who have a proven track record in the business community. In the corporate arena, Robert was raised in a Christian home. Both his parents went home to be with the Lord, Mama Opal, last November. How Robert's parents raised him contributed to his success, not just in business, but as a godly man. He is a hard worker, man of his word, full of integrity, and he fears God, he has a reverential fear of God. He is also a teacher. Robert is a part of the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. And he is more than ready for the task. I encourage you to learn from him, to listen to what he has to say, his insights. Robert will talk to you about basic but important things for you to consider in business, to prepare yourself for the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. Listen to his story, young people, on how he started in the business. What led him to desire to have his own company? Some of the points that Robert's going to share with you are the following. You must have conviction in your life. Number two, you must focus. Must focus on the things of God based on Matthew 6:33. Number 3, you need to mature. The scripture reference Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. As long as the heir is a child, even though he owns the whole estate, he is still subject to trustees and guardianship. So we need to mature. Number 4, you need to be patient. Number 5, Learn from the mistakes of others. So let us hear from Robert McGee. As
2: far as I can remember, I always worked on the farm. I was an extra pair of hands, so my dad always had me help him. But I think when I was 13 or 14, he asked if I had a friend that would help work during the summer, and I got one of my friends to help work. And we worked, I guess, two months. But it would come Friday, and my dad would pay him, and I'd say, well, where's my money? And he said, well, I feed you and house you. So my friend and I would get on our bikes and ride downtown, and he would go to, we didn't have a Walmart, but it was a Gibson's, and he'd spend all his money. He didn't save anything, so I never did like that. But when I turned 16, I found a car that I wanted to buy for $800, and the dad said, well, if you keep your grades up, you help on the farm, you can work part-time. And I got a job sacking groceries, and I was a low man on the totem pole. Every other sacker would tell me what to do. Then the uh, cashiers would tell me what to do. Then the front manager would tell me what to do. Then the floor manager would say, come over here when you get a chance and do this. And then the produce manager did the same. And then the owner's wife would come and say, well, I don't like the display in the window. You go do this and that and make it prettier. But the worst was they had an older son who wasn't very popular in school, and he decided he wanted to take it out on me. So he'd come up with every dirty job you could think of. He'd say, Bob, I want you to sweep the streets. And I said, that's not your property. That's city property. No, I want you to sweep it, pick up every cigarette butt, every cigar butt, everything out there, and sweep it clean. Well, I was out there picking up cigar butts, and I picked up one that was still lit, and it burnt my finger. And I said, I don't want to do this. I want to work for myself. If you work for someone, you're at their mercy. If they have a bad day, they're going to take it out on you. So I was always raised on a farm, so I was a little independent. I want to work <coughs> for myself, but that just kind of cemented it to me. So when I went to college, Jesus was Savior of my life. But have you ever heard, it's, it's always been said, Jesus is Lord and Savior. I've never heard Savior put first. It's Lord and Savior. Well, he was my Savior, but he wasn't my Lord. So I was kind of operating in the world system, and I knew I wanted to be in business. So I took business management, accounting, and marketing classes. And I figured, well, that I'll find something to do matching that. But like I said, this is an example of what not to do because I wasn't following the Lord like I should. But when I got out, I started in farming, and that was a built-in advantage because my father did it, and he was more than willing to help me out. But the problem was that uh, it was a slow process. If it, you had it was another, you have to start at the bottom. I'll give you a few acres, and, and it, it would just take years. And also, when you're young, you don't want to listen. Now, if I Been smart, I'd gone to the Proverbs and the Psalms where it says, listen to your elders, listen to those with wisdom, because my father knew stuff that I didn't know, but I was bullheaded and thought I wanted to do it on my own. Now, the rental properties, when I started in that, I did my research. i drive around and find a house that was for sale. And you meet the people and say, you know, what do you want for your house? Will you sell finance. And then I found, you know, find a house that, okay, well, they only $200 down and then, I could rent it for this amount of money, and I could make it work. I jumped right in, and then you learn from your mistakes. You find out, well, if you present the house and plant some bushes, it'll draw attention or paint it this color or do the bathroom this color, and you just learn from your mistakes. You're kind of mixing the world system with with a little bit of godliness, you know. Work hard, be honest, but that's still not the best way. But one of my best friends, he showed up last week, and he said, well, can I spend the day with you? And I said, Sure. But I could tell something was bothering him, and he just retired from teaching after 30 years. And uh, he gets a monthly check every month from teaching retirement. But he says, I can't sleep at night. I've got anxiety. I've got two kids in school. And he said, my whole career has been teaching. I really couldn't get fired. I had a built-in raise every month. They paid for my health insurance. I had the union to work for me. He said, being on your own is really, it's scary. You can be sued. You might not get money this week. He said, you've done it your whole life, but I can't sleep at night because I'm worried about it. And he's a baby Christian. That's another example of what, you know, he's a good man. He's hes a real hard worker. But he's caught up in the world system. And like I said, I'm an example of not what to do. I did have some, some success, but success really isn't what you're after. You want excellence. Success can be fleeting. Success can be measured by the world standard. But excellence through the word is what you're looking for, and success will follow excellence. There's a saying I've always kept for years. Anytime I start a new notebook, that's the first thing I write, and it's very simple. This precious gift of life goes by so fast, but only what's done for Jesus will last. And what I like about that is it tells you this gift of life is very precious. And it goes by fast. But the only thing that matters is what you've done for Jesus. And that needs to be true in our business also. And I heard a teaching, and I think it was about 15 years ago, and I didn't really accept it at the time, but the point of it was that our job really isn't our source. Jesus is our source. He's the one that's going to take care of us. Our job is our seed. And we use that to invest in the Great Commission and other people's lives. And it's the Lord's directions. He tells us what to do with it. But that, if we think of it that way, he's going to provide for us. We don't worry about that. Our job teaches us certain things, and I'll touch on that a little later. And then we use that to plant seeds. And he lets us keep some of it. If I was uh, starting over, I just wrote down a few quick things. The number one thing I would want would be conviction. And that would be conviction in the word of God and your calling, the vision he's given you. Conviction is greater than emotions, and conviction is also greater than feelings. There's times when your feelings are going to be down, your emotions are going to be pulling you different directions. But if you have conviction in the calling of God on your life and in his saving grace on you, you have the strength to go through anything and to believe what he's told you. But you need that conviction. Where do you get that conviction from the word? You know, just off the top of my head, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. If you have the conviction of that, what the steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord, or you will lend and not borrow, I will make you the head and not the tail. If you have those convictions that they're built into your spirit and your heart, then you're not ruled by your emotions or your feelings. Second would be focus. With the distractions in the world, it's just so easy to get taken off track. And especially with what we're dealing with now, this transfer of wealth. And if you're in the world system, why would the enemy really come against you? Jesus said you're either for us or you're against us. But with this transfer of the wealth, you can be sure that the enemy will come against you because we're going to follow the Great Commission for God's glory and the benefit of his people. So you have to be able to have that conviction and keep that focus and not be distracted from what you've been told. Also, the Lord wants to mature you. It's a process that you must go through. You have to learn. Uh, I think about two examples. The Bible, how much it talked about plants. You grow a seed. The seed takes moisture. It sprouts. It grows. Through this process of time, it produces fruit. Well, that's the same way with us. We have to mature. So as far as business goes, Someone might have instant success, but that's because the Lord knows they're mature enough to take it right then. But you might not have it. You have that process of maturity go through. It's just like people. Some animals, they give birth to the young and they leave them alone. They're on their own. But there's no more helpless animal in the universe than the human being. When we're born, we have to mature. It's such a long process. I'm not saying it's going to be long for everyone, but there is a maturity process, and you have to be willing to learn and be pliable and listen to what the Lord has to say. And also there's patience. Sometimes you just have to sit back and wait on the Lord and listen to what he wants you to do and believe that his word is true. That was a mistake I made all the time. i just go through bullheaded and, well, this house would come up and I'd just say, well, it's too good a deal and i will do it. Well, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I didn't wait on the Lord and pray and say, Lord, is this the way you want me to go, or is this something you want me to do? So that's why I think that the young people just starting to have such an advantage, and it's an advantage I wish I'd had. But today's a new day. We can all rejoice that we're alive at this time with the revelation that we have and that we can follow Christ's example, have our conviction, keep our focus, be mature and patient, and we can accomplish what he wants us to do.
1: What a great testimony. I hope that Robert's teaching and testimony help you a lot and is a blessing to you. And I pray that it will inspire you to believe and obey. You know, I could almost say or could almost guess that every time that Robert is in trouble or he's facing challenges in this world that we live in, Psalm 17, verse 14, must be his prayer. Even his parents, when they pray, it must be. And it got to be your prayer. And you have to fit in to fit this prayer. Okay, let me read it to you. Psalm 17, verse 14. O Lord, by your hand, save me from such men. From men of this world whose rewards is in this life. You steal the hunger of those you cherish. Their sons have have plenty, and they store up wealth for their children. Isn't that a good prayer? Save me, Lord, from the hands of this wicked man, the worldly man, because I know that their reward is in this life, good and bad. But you yourself, God, you still the hunger or you satisfy the hunger of those you cherish. And their children or their sons will have plenty to eat. And they will even store up wealth for their children. That's a wonderful, wonderful prayer. And this fits right into Robert McGee's life as a man of God. So... Will you become a man or a woman of God? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for the transfer of wealth? You know, the one thing about our God is he doesn't care about our qualification or what we have or don't have. He cares about whether you give him an opportunity to to give him a chance to bless you. But God, whose ways are perfect, knows also that you have to apply his principles so that you will not get destroyed or destroy other people. So I want you to give him a chance because his ways are perfect. And as I have seen by teaching these principles, his principles, in other parts of the world, even here in the United States, I see results that... God is accelerating the process of your restoration, of your blessing, of your recompense. And all of these things in 2015 is going to be an awesome year. It's beginning to manifest. So we need to replicate after our own kind. And I will announce the future business school conference here in San Antonio. As we hear from God. Because one thing that I wanted to do. Because this is the only way to do things. God's way. Is anyone who teaches in this conference. Has to have a proven track record in their own life. I may be able to find good speakers. But that is not what is important. Things have to manifest. And. I encourage you to listen to this broadcast and to listen to Robert McGee over and over again because he surely has a proven track record. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that this is the appointed time, the time and the hour that you will manifest blessings, the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence to your people. I thank you, Father, that you will draw Your people, especially the young people, you will draw them to this program that they will respond and they will desire to be mentored and to be instructed or discipled by godly men and women and apply your principles of doing things in the marketplace. I thank you that they will respond. I thank you, Father. You are the one who calls. You are the one who qualifies. I thank you. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. God bless you for tuning in. If the Lord is leading you to sow a seed for this upcoming business school or for the mission trips, I'm going to the Philippines. You can sow a seed by going to our website, SOGMI.org, or you can mail your check to Post Office Box 1579, Helotis, Texas 78023. Also, we are going to hold a prophetic school and conference on June 19, as soon as I come back from my mission trip to the Philippines, June 19, which is Friday at 7 pm at night, and the whole day Saturday from 9:30 until about four o'clock. You have to register for this conference. Seating is limited. Registration fee is30 dollars. You can register, via mail, email, or through our website. And join us in our Sunday services. We are located at 8419 Callahan Road. God is really moving. It's amazing. So God bless you for tuning in. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. dot s-o-g-m-i dot org